We are oftentimes asked how the Irving sisters, our 1940s singing trio, came about. We usually throw out some like line like, we met through a mutual love of music from the middle part of the last century and formed a trio, embracing the tight-knit harmonies of the sister traditions of the bygone years. As if it was that easy. I'm the baby of five, and my four older brothers sang in a barbershop quartet growing up. As in, the four of them would stand around the piano singing, light a rose, I'm home again, rose. But in four parts, Steve, the oldest, and 12 years older than I, sang baritone. Tim on bass, Tommy as lead tenor, and Sweet Jean, four years older than I, but closest in age to me, was on the top line in his pure soprano voice. I sat on the couch. I watched them learn their notes. I watched them get mad at each other and then come back and sing perfectly in tune as if nothing had happened. I heard them goof around and give them each other high fives and highlight each other's strengths and poke fun at each other's weaknesses. I heard them put off practicing until someone made it clear it had to happen. And then I watched those four boys gather around to join together in delightful harmony. I was, and still am, their biggest fan. I also was, and am no longer, very jealous. Regretting that barbershop quartets were for boys, and perhaps for the only, only time in my life regretting I wasn't a boy, I sang in choirs. But choir, <laughs> choir is this chance for little kids to be part of something big. Your small voice joins with others and makes a sound that causes all the grown-ups to cry. In choir, the focus is on rounded vowels that blend perfectly. No voice sticks out, but each voice is necessary. Picture 50 small singers with eyebrows raised, as if that actually helps you stay in tune. I don't know why they do that, but anyway. Eyebrows raised and intently following their loving conductor, singing, I am but a small voice. Being small and part of something remarkable. This was choir for me. So much of the Apostle Paul's writing to groups uh, is to groups of people figuring out how to live together. And that includes writing that is attributed to him, like this letter to the church in Colossae that we read this morning. It's in the western part of what's now Turkey. So much of the writing contains lists of behaviors and traits to take up or to eschew. Fruits of the spirit, sins to avoid, this advice to clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. All different parts of the body of Christ always to participate in and as the body, how you, just one small Colossian, can be part of something remarkable. While I was choiring to heal my barbershop quartet jealousy, Sarah Simmons, the lowest voice in our trio, was singing at church. She's a Southern Baptist preacher's kid who learned that she, a girl in the South, could preach if she just, and I quote, elongated her vowels and turned the spoken words into song. I was busy honing my perfectionist choral singing while she was communicating big thoughts and feelings. 
an opera, uh, an opera singer in training, if you will. And at the same time, Lyndon, who couldn't join us this morning but wishes she was here, Lyndon Hubner, the highest voice in the Irving Sisters, was a choir girl like me. But if you know Lyndon, you know she was an impassioned choir girl because that is her M.O. As she puts it, choir was the backbone for my love of singing. It filled my soul. In choir, she was one of many, adding her voice and feeling the music in her body. We all eventually ended up in graduate school to study vocal performance, which is basically learning to sing opera. Different schools at different times, but we were all trained to use our big girl voice, our solo voice, the voice that requires resonance and good use of breath and natural vibrato, the voice that commands attention, the voice that can cut through an opera orchestra, stay in tune, memorize a lot of Italian, and preferably doesn't sound like anyone else's voice so it can be discerned in a large Mozart ensemble. Who needs a barbershop quartet now, Elise? You've got a big girl voice. So there's a tension in Christianity that goes all the way back to the beginning, all the way back to these early churches living their way into whatever church was going to be, was supposed to be. They felt the tension in Colossae. Is, is life in Christ something that God makes happen in a person? Or is it something a person does? Is faith a list of to-dos and to-don'ts? Or does faith show up manifesting in certain characteristics? Do people demonstrate faith in Jesus by personal piety and individual decisions? Or is faith something that blossoms in a community where people find themselves planted? Which is it? Lesson number one in harmonizing as the Irving sisters. 1940s singing in, isn't about the big girl voice. Three full-throated soloists singing in tight harmony. It doesn't sound good. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't sink. In trio singing, there's no orchestra to cut through. No epic storytelling going on. So the operatic resonance and round, vibrant sound makes the whole thing a mess. Lesson 1.1. Harmonizing isn't about the choir girl voices we delighted in when we were younger either. One voice per part is not the same as a 50-person choir. If we shifted to a choral sound, it was just disappointing. There was no color, no shape, no personality. No, the sound we were looking for was definitely not the pure vowel blended sound of our youth. No one wants to hear the boogie woogie boogie boy of company ring. Either, right? It doesn't sound good like that. Plus, we learned too much in our big girl voice training to stifle our individuality. Lesson 1.2. Ditching our solo training and choral sound made us show up with a beginner's mindset, which inadvertently gave us each permission to play around with sound and only created this safe space. We opened up more doors to creativity and joy than we could have possibly realized. Okay, but also... What's next? So Lyndon and I met singing in a couple of operas in St. Louis in 2000s. 
Sarah and I met in Evanston in 2012, singing in an operetta. And by that point, it had occurred to me that there were other ways to find what my brothers had. Go figure. And I proposed the idea of creating a 1940s trio. Both women were game. My barbershop quartet jealousy was officially snuffed. If you're up for using some labels for a minute, you should know that Lyndon is an extrovert. By the way, I told her everything I was going to say today, so none of this is a surprise. <laughs> we learned that early on, we learned that early on in our trio efforts. The more energy that Lyndon gets from the audience, the closer she gets to the microphone. It's like there's a magnet pulling her in. She can't help it, truly. And Sarah, on the other hand, could be considered an introvert. If you're not paying attention, you might turn and find that she has slowly stepped back from the microphone so far that she's nearly off stage. Yes? Yes. Okay. I am somewhere in between, literally. I am standing in the middle of our trio, right? I am um, mid-song assessing the Lyndon-Sarah microphone situation and trying to solve the inevitable inevitable balance issues that come from one person swallowing the mic, Lyndon, uh, while the other hides from it, Sarah, and I, the third person, stands there overanalyzing the situation. There's a lot of danger in singing the praises of unity or living in harmony. Too often, especially Christians, have used the idea of harmony to penalize difference or to silence vital dissent. Can't we all just get along is life-threatening rhetoric for some people and a dishonest question. It more often means, can't you just pipe down? Can't you just conform? Can't you be more like the others? Lesson two in harmonizing as the Irving sisters. Our personalities are distinct and will directly impact how we sing together. Which is more often what Paul's lists are driving at. You're all different people. You're all different people. People, thank God, God made you different. Lesson 2.1, using three separate microphones feels really weird when you're trying to sing as one. Now we're talking, now we can get started. Lesson 2.2, the safe space we created by allowing ourselves to take risks also let us take a playful approach to ourselves and to one another. To goof around like my brothers did which was and continues to be way more fun and, in the end, creates better harmony. I mean, do I have to spell out how good a metaphor that is for church? I, I will. <laughs> There's a temptation to look at Paul's letters or letters pretending to be Paul's like this one and think this is a list of to-dos for how to be church, for how to live into God's mission of loving the world. If I do these things and convince other people to do these things, then we're getting somewhere. But Paul's lists are also a proclamation that this is the mission, figuring out where we stand and making the space and goofing around and remembering to practice when it's finally time. This is the mission. Living like this, in lots of different expressions, is God's plan for loving the world, choosing to live in a community in a network of connected and connecting and broken and breaking and healing relationships, choosing to live like that 
creates the possibility of making something even more beautiful. After a few months of singing together, or was it a year? I don't even remember. But Sarah's dad decided he wanted to invest in the Irving sisters. So when he asked what we needed, Sarah suggested an omnidirectional microphone, a single mic for the three of us to sing into, kind of like they did in the way back when. Sometime around when we started using the mic, Sarah listened back to one of our rehearsal recordings and exclaimed, this is it, ladies. We found our sound. <laughs> Along the way, there will be missteps. There will be complaints. There will be the need for forgiveness. It's like people living in monastic communities. The practice that may look peaceful and tranquil from the outside, ordered days and silent prayer, beautiful singing and contemplative, spacing, uh, contemplative spaces, all that is built on lots and lots of personal daily choices to live together and practice living together. Lesson three, a single mic creates a focal point for the group. No one gets too close. No one gets too far. And if they do, it doesn't take much to readjust. Lean in. Lesson 3.1. When gathered around a single mic, communication is refined. Listening starts to happen in between the notes and airplanes. Breathing sinks. Three separate solo voices become three unique voices moving together. Proximity creates harmony, but individuality persists. Life in Christ is a matter of how we relate to one another a matter of how we develop virtues, fruits of the spirit, take up certain traits and eschew certain behaviors, all in the context of care for each other. 2,000 years into the project, God is still changing us into new people, inviting us to help create the conditions for all that to happen, saying to this one, why don't you step closer? And to this one, hang back. Saying to another, just rest in me. Lesson 3.2, eight years in, if we're having a hard time settling into a song and have three different opinions about how things should go, we don't actually need the physical mic to refocus. All it takes is one of us saying, let's not worry about the details. Let's just try it again and do it for fun. Let's just listen to each other. Let's sing. Ready? Breathe in. The results are harmonious. But me, Mr. Shane, please let me explain. By me, Mr. Shane, means your grand. By me, Mr. Shane, again I'll explain. It means you're the fairest in the land. I could say Bella, Bella, even say wonderful. Each language only helps me tell you how grand you are. By me, Mr. Shane, again I'll explain. So kiss me 
and say you'll understand. By mere bits to shame, you've heard it all before, but let me try to explain. By mere bits to shame means that you're grand. By mere bits to shame, it's such an old refrain, and yet I should explain. It means I am begging for your hand. I could say Bella, Bella, even say Wunderbar. Each language only helps me tell you how grand you are. I could say Bella, Bella, even say wunderbar. Each language only helps me tell you how grand you are. I tried to explain by mere face to shame. So kiss me. And say that you will understand.